This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. How was your weekend? Oh, we had a great weekend. Uh, Jack and I uh, rode into Onipu Bike Park yesterday. Jack came second in his race, which was very cool. And then we came home and went for an epic ride down to the heads. And so today I feel quite tired, actually, but <laughs> very satisfied. You must, be be- you must be better then. Uh, yeah, I am better, but I fit- I've got a cough coming at the moment, and I don't know why, because I haven't been around any people coughing, so it might be that COVID that has its long tail that comes back to bite again and again. Indeed. And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce Prue Kane today. Uh, Prue is the Programs Manager at Waiwanaka. Welcome, Prue. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you both. Welcome, Prue. Where are you, Prue? Uh, today I'm in um, the Waiwanaka office. This is what we call the boardroom, which is actually just a converted garage <laughs> with a very fancy name. And so you'll have to tell us what Waiwanaka is to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Waiwanaka is a community organisation based here in Wanaka. Uh, and our vision is um, for ecosystem health and community well-being for future generations. So we're really looking, um, our role is sort of one of, of collaboration and, and connecting um, to accelerate local action for our fresh water. That sounds like a very worthy goal. We'll come back and talk about that more. But first, how has your bubble life been? Your bubble life and then your traffic light and then the whatever it is now life. Yeah, it's it's been a um it's been a journey, um, as I imagine it has has for all. Um but I mean my first first lockdown um was was wonderful. It was because there were no work pressures because work sort of um, this was pre my role at Waiwanaka, so work um, sort of came to an almost standstill, which meant there was lots of time for um, lovely long in the sunshine in Wanaka, and um, and I did some DIY on the house, um, and then in between lockdowns, I I took on this role and um, project managing. The our jobs for nature project, which was a um, three million dollar project over three years to employ people to work um, in nature, really. So 
we it, it was the funding came through MPI, and that was to carry out uh, environmental work streams on farms in the Upper Clutha. So weed control, pest control, planting, plant maintenance, uh, and then um, uh, looking at carbon emissions, understanding carbon emissions and sequestration, etc., on farms. Um, and, and yeah, and that, and that has continued to now, so through the second lockdown. Did that work carry on, the, the Jobs for Nature work? Did that carry on during the different lockdowns? So not during, not we weren't classed as, um, the on-farm work wasn't classed as essential services, so the whole team was, the whole field team was locked down um, during that time. But what what we did just to um, sort of continue through was uh, we did learning modules. We created learning modules um, based around the various work streams throughout the year. And then each day at four o'clock, we'd, we'd check in with the team via a Zoom meeting um, and have a bit of a quiz around the, the learnings that, that had happened. So it was, a really, um, it was a really cool way just to stay in touch with everyone in their bubbles um, throughout the throughout the lockdown, we didn't want to add any um, additional pressure to to people um, to people's lives, so it wasn't compulsory. But it was just a way of um, continuing um, learning and and staying in touch as well, which was cool. And they're all back out in the in the field now. Yeah, as soon as level as soon as we came out of level three, um, we were we were back out and out in the field, and that's that's continued right through the traffic light system, with all the as you can imagine with all the um, updates and changes and and things along the way. So um, we're, we're we're very lucky with our with our team here. Everyone everyone pitches in. Um, everyone's very understanding that it's a it's a constant work in progress progress um and and we just we just need to get through it so it's yeah the team love being out in the field um which is which is great and and it's our job just to sort of make it happen for them get out of their way so what sort of work are they doing you said it's a whole range of things from pest control to riparian planting all of those sorts of things yeah, all of those sorts of things. So, um, you know, the the three objectives of the Jobs for Nature Fund, which was about $1.14 billion um, as a post-COVID relief package, um, their three objectives were improving biodiversity, improving biosecurity and um, enhancing freshwater. So the work streams were, um, for our project, they were based on the community catchment plan that had um, had been signed off in the Upper Clutha um, earlier that year. So why Wanaka had received some Ministry for the Environment funding to develop that community catchment plan. Uh, and that had been signed off by the community um, in March. So we sort of had a roadmap for what the community in the whole of whole of basin, whole of um, community cross sector wanted, you know, wanted to do to achieve, um, you know, the what they call pristine water in 50 years time. So based on that, um, why want to pull together a, a proposal for the um, Ministry for Primary Industries uh, Jobs for Nature Fund, 
and and those work streams were developed based on that. So um, biosecurity, uh, plant weed control, animal um, pest control, um, planting, so for riparian planting for freshwater, but also for, for biodiversity. Uh, and then plant maintenance is a big one as well. Planting plants is the easy part, but actually keeping them alive and um, and helping them flourish is, is, a, is where the work really comes in. Um, and then obviously there's lots of changes happening um, on farms at the moment, a lot of new policy and regulation. Um, so some of the some of the work streams are around um, what we call enabling work streams. So green looking at greenhouse gases, um, you know, but how does the data management of all this work? And then we also developed a biodiversity and freshwater monitoring package. So looking at um, bird counts, visual soil assessments, vegetation photo points, um, and aquatic health. So understanding what the baseline is on farms so that landowners can track can track changes over time and, and see the positive effects of some of this work that's that's going on. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Mel Parsons, Far Away. Why this one? Um, I, this one, well, Mel's um, a, a New Zealander. She's based in Littleton. And I think the COVID and, and lockdowns and traffic light systems have been really hard for our um, performers. They haven't been able to to get on the road um, and do their touring and and promote their their work. Um, so I think Mel's incredibly talented and I, and um, yeah, I just wanted to to um, draw attention that we should be supporting our, our New Zealand artists. Far far away, so far away, far far away. Wanted to stay that way Far, far away But you're on my mind Far, far away I thought I'd left you behind Music makes me feel like I'm alive It can wake me up It can make me die It can dry my face So bring the waters down Now all I know Is I won't be seeing you around Far, far away
mentioned the community catchment plan i don't think i've ever heard of such a thing what is such a thing uh so yeah it's the, the full name is the integrated community catchment plan and and what we did um was take a whole of community approach to understanding um what what the community values are um and what long-term what we want to achieve as a community um, around freshwater. So the um, the end goal was pristine, well, pristine water in 50 years' time. And then the community catchment plan was how we achieve that. So what came out of that was, was 60 actions, and they were um, – attributed or delegated to, to various agencies. So um, Otago Regional Council, Queensland Lakes District Council, DOC, um, other agencies and, and organisations in the community. But there were 20 of those actions that that sort of didn't have any lead lead agency. Um, and that's where why Wanaka can um, look to fill those gaps, whether it's by us doing it, which we've done um, through the Jobs for Nature funding, or working with other agencies um, and experts uh, to help achieve those those actions. It's interesting that the sustainability is all about pulling those the things together in the Venn diagram. If you really must have them in that diagram, my wrote a book about what's wrong with that diagram but the the key bit is that the integrated bit in the middle is is where the the social and the environmental and the economic come together and you're explicitly linking the community well-being and the ecosystems yeah and and that was that's um come about sort of in the in the last year what we realized that well and you know we knew it from the start, but freshwater can't stand alone. It's part of the it's part of the broader ecosystem, and and so everything that happens on the land is actually linked to to the freshwater, and community health is um, is intertwined with with ecosystem health, especially um, you know in a in a small town like Wanaka where people live here for the environment. Um, and they love swimming in the lake and, and running in the hills and um, walking in the in the native bush. Um, they're they're motivated to protect that as well. And you have a new a new initiative, fostering behaviours of belonging. What's that? Yes, yeah. So uh, behaviours of belonging is is um, really about how we connect 
people to place. So whether that's um, residents that live here year-round, um, visitors that, that have holiday houses here and, and come for um, come for holidays throughout the year or tourists popping in, how do we really connect people to to this place and make them want to contribute to that community well-being and ecosystem health and it's about um, developing a, a set of behaviours that that the locals live by and that we expect um, from people that visit here as well and and then and then developing um, then developing sort of pathways to allow that to happen um, and it's very aligned as well with um, the work that Lake Wanaka tourism is is doing um, and in their their take on regenerative tourism so the the um, campaign that I think you might be referring to as a as a crowdfunding campaign our, our first our first go at crowdfunding um, and that's around how um, developing uh, education programs that we that um, we already have with schools, um, primary schools and uh, preschools, how we develop those to make them um, more comprehensive, working with teachers so they fit into the curriculum so that um, our tamarikia uh, grow up um, understanding their environment and knowing how they can how they can contribute to that and what their impact is. When you're engaging um, with a place perspective, how do you engage with Tangata Whenua and make sure that the voice of Māori is really strong in that conversation? Yeah, that's such a great question, Mawera. And what we've been doing is um, communicating with the the seven different runaka that um, that um, have that that are Tangata Whenua um, in this in this area and and just um, trying to keep them updated with the project projects that they're doing so where they can contribute and where their contribution um, helps them achieve their goals they they can be involved um, also recognizing that that capacity is everyone wants um, wants um, Tangata Whenua to be involved so what we're now doing is looking at how we how we resource that and make sure that we have the funding um, to resource the input from Tangata Whenua, recognising that that knowledge is um, an expert knowledge that should be that should be treated the same way we ask for scientific input or um, or expert knowledge from a from a different realm. So it's very much a work in, in progress for us. Um, but something that we are yeah, working really hard on and also developing um, developing prog funded programs around as well. Cool. Do you think that when you're talking about place that people appreciate the difference um, the, the difference between a place that you that you belong to by your whakapapa and a place that you belong to because you choose to be do you think that people appreciate the difference in the wider you, community yeah that's really that's that's interesting i don't know i don't know the answer to that actually and i think that's um it's in in wanaka i think we have a lot of learning 
to do around that. And I think um, understanding historical land use um, and what was here before before um, we were here, how that land was used, what what Taonga are, um, are really important to, to protect and, and, and bring back. There's still a lot of learning for our community to do there. And I think um, hopefully in a couple of years time, um, based on some projects that we've got in the mix, I'll be, I'll be better placed to answer that, that question. That's so cool. Is, is part of your um, part of the project capturing those stories? Uh, yes, but very much um, that's the that's the end goal. But very much on a let's let's build these trusted relationships so that those stories are, are shared in a way that's really respectful and that um, and that the right the right people are sharing those stories. Oh, that's really neat. And will that then be available to the wider community? Is that the goal, um, a community resource? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everything that we do at Y is definitely that whole of whole of um, base and whole of community approach. So, um, so we, for example, um, previously with the Jobs for Nature crew, when we're developing um, a pest control strategy, we do it across the whole of the the basin. And then work out we've got amazing community groups doing voluntary pest control here so working out what they're doing what doc's doing um where our team can fit in so that we actually strengthen the work that these other groups are doing um and and so that the whole of community um is supported by that and and that's what we hope for this for this coming work as well that that these resources can be developed um for for the whole of the community to learn um, and learn from each other as well. So it's a it's a it's a two way dialogue that just increases that that understanding and and the trust as well. So in the project, do you currently have Māori working with Māori? Yeah, great question, Mawera. And what we are what we are working towards is um, understanding what Māori need to be involved in our project. So how do we how do we find funding to support this long-term relationship building to work together going forward? Because it's not just um, within this project that we want um, Tangata Whenua to be involved. It's it's across Y um, as a whole and, and all the, the projects that we do. Um, so how do we how do we understand what they need and then and then support that going forward? Um, yeah, eventually we really want that um, that that weaving of knowledges. So maturanga um, Māori with with science um, and and local knowledge as well. Um, why is very evidence based. So the programs that we put together um, are backed by by research, um, but we recognise that that's that's one knowledge set. Um, and how do we bring them together um, in, a, in a way that's really, that helps the, the local community thrive. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, ngā mahi aroha nui kia koutou ko I hope you're all having a stay. Beautiful superstars in the beloved universe. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more. You are 
a triumph of nature's heart. Perfect, unique, and heat-making thing. Thank you. And as we know, the last more than two years has been so challenging. And so, ah, oh, I'm so grateful. I breathe a sigh of relief. Ah, oh, to be part of this show. <laughs> and I say a big thank you. Thank you to Sam and all of you as part of the Blown Bubbles team for having me. It's really a huge privilege. And just this time with you has made such a difference to being able to reconfigure and recalibrate my thoughts, feelings, emotions, everything every day for just five minutes that's all it takes and i'm so grateful for this time and of course as physical beings incarnated in the forms that we are we experience life in this present moment and of course we experience life formulated by all the ingredients of our past lives and our future desires and it's a fascinating combination and of course when we encounter water we encounter the same stuff that we are. We encounter a substance that is recalibrated and recycled over and over and over to nourish and support new life forms and to take on and to mix and meld and to travel and to traverse lands and landscapes, to fill spaces, to fall from the sky, to be evaporated, everything. I love water. It's my faith, and of course, it connects us with the infinite, as do we all to one another and to all life. It's exciting. One of my favorite places to kitty kitty out from Glen is a really, for me, a special place. And I know that we all have this with water because, as a substance, it collects, and so do we. It is a place of worship, of devotion, of connection. Of reconnection and it is a place where I can go paddleboarding and enjoy that sense of floating and being held once again in an amniotic relationship with the landscape in an outer. I know for all of us and particularly in Aotearoa New Zealand at home we are so much bound and held and really loved by the water. We're very lucky that it surrounds us always and today it's been falling and I've heard it and it's Mother's Day it's beautiful so it's perfect for us as a species this element of course has sustained our life and on an ongoing basis contributes to and feeds into our daily lived experience so I really hope for you wherever you are you're having lots of quenching of your thirst you're having lots of refreshment and transformation as water brings this elemental force across our land. Every day a different picture up in the sky and falling from it or rising from it, this atmosphere. And of course our breath in each moment coming from our dear ancestors, the cyanobacteria, so many billions of years ago in the water. I hope this feels good for you right now, that you're able to breathe easy and feel connected, feel respected and loved. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Prue Kane. Prue, the theme of our show is positive but not deluded. Love it. 
And I'm interested in how that works out, you know, works out for, for you, for, for why Wanaka. You've clearly got a long-term vision, but it's not necessarily just going to, like, wave a magic wand and it's going to happen. How, yeah. how does that positive but not deluded work for you? Um, I love that positive but not deluded. So so we um, at Y, you know, collaboration is at our core. And so um, we are, we're not... Um, we're not activists. We're not about, um, you know, single single causes. Um, we, but we do we do work positively with our partners, which go across um, council and, and industry and um, and central government and um, tourism, etc. How do we bring in experts and the best knowledge um, to to help move us forward as a community and that that requires positivity at its core it's about um, guys we're in this together let's let's solve the problems let's not point fingers and blame um, but if there's a problem we'll, we'll acknowledge it and, and work on the solution was that positive vision hard to come by because there must be cases where there are conflicting visions. People have conflicting ideas about the same bit of land can't be used for more than one thing. Yeah, so um, that process, the the integrated community catchment process plan process um, was was interesting and I wasn't I wasn't part of it but um, apparently quite fraught at times. But I think what everyone can agree on is that they want the quality of fresh water to be swimmable, drinkable, um, all of those, all of those things. So yes, there might be disagreements about how we get there or or what the threats are to that. But if we can agree on what we want, which it's hard not to agree that you want um, a good quality fresh water, then then everything else is solvable um, along the way. And I think also it's about building. Um, building relationships and building understanding between, for example, the rural and the urban communities. Um, if 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 there's a level of respect there and, and people understand the journey um, and what is happening and how people are trying to um, improve and be better and where the problems are, et cetera, and there's there's support there in the term in terms of expertise and um, you know, we were fortunate enough to get jobs for nature funding to have people on the ground helping with that. Um, so I think that that relationship stuff is really important as well. Why, as in the other spelling of why, why water? Why water? Uh, water is life. Um, <laughs> it is, it's just, um, it's really, it's integral to every facet of of our community, we we rely on it um, for the tourism sector. People come here for the lake. Um, they come here um, for the for the pristine environment. Our farmers rely on it for their um, farming operations. The community, as I, I as I touched on before, they they live here because they they do want to swim in it. They they want their kids to jump off the Albert Town Bridge. I don't know. Am I allowed to? I don't know if I'm allowed to condone that on on radio. <laughs> um, off a bridge. Um, 
<laughs> into the river. Uh, so, so it really is. It's a. It, it's just um, you know our community um, would not be the same without uh, our water and. A big part of that is understanding the water quality. Not not very much is known about what happens in these deep alpine lakes. There hasn't been a lot of of um, science and research and and understanding into what's happening in those lakes. They look lovely, and we can still drink from them, and we can still swim in them, but we don't know what's lurking in the in the depths and that's a that's a big goal for um why Wanaka in the community as well is just to to move forward with um with understanding what is happening and the risks um to our lake so that we know that the the mitigation actions that we're we're putting in place are, are right for what what the lake needs um in, in very exciting news, um, we've got a small project underway, um, and it is it is the first step. But um, a, what's called a drifter study um, with NIWA, the um, to understand what the flows are in Roy's Bay. So Roy's Bay is the main main um, bay of the lake, just by town there. And in understanding the flows, what happens when stormwater contaminants come into that bay, um, and then from that, we hope that we can build more research uh, into that into that project. Um, but it's yeah, it's fantastic to have have Niwa on board um, doing that for us. Why Wanaka was just named as quote one of the best. 20 best non-profits working to protect the environment by a global organisation. What are you doing that's that's special? What could we learn from that? Oh, look, I think it is. Um, I think it does come back to to that collaboration piece. It's it's having the having the the plan, so the community catchment plan so having the buy-in from from all sectors of the of the community from the outset and then collaborating to to bring that you know bring that plan um into fruition so very much a um it's it's absolutely not just why we we we're not the experts in in anything um but we we have this this community catchment plan um, and work with across sectors um, to try to make that happen. Let's take the second of your music choices. This isn't a New Zealand band. Let's have Fleetwood Mac, Dreams. Why this one? It's not a New Zealand band. Fleetwood Mac, um, what a classic. But I don't know if you guys ever saw um, in the first lockdown the meme of Kermit the Frog dancing to the song. <laughs> it was just a wonderfully simple and joyous moment. Um, and so when when you got in touch um, and I started sort of reflecting on um, lockdown, this, this song came to mind.
Mawera points out that Neil Finn is playing for Fleetwood Mac. Thank you, Mawera. That's all right. There's always a Kiwi connection somewhere in everything, I reckon. We're everywhere. We are. Two degrees. <laughs> Pru, um, for you to be able to do this work that you do, you have to have, um, I think, a high level of hopefulness that you can make a difference um, and also an imagination to see the outcomes. Where has that come from in you? What's what's uh, helped you to be the person that you are? Oh, Good question. I, I grew up in Wanaka. I'm born and bred um, here. I grew up on, on a farm just 15 minutes out of Wanaka. And I think, um, you know, I went away for many, many years, um, never really intended to, to move back here. Um, but when I did, it just, um, yeah, I just, I, I just love this area. I love the, I love the land. Um, and I think we are lucky to live in a community that is is motivated um, and and is able to put energy and effort into protecting what we have. So I I get a lot of um, hope and imagination from the people around me. Why Wanaka is a pretty amazing team. We're getting getting bigger and bigger, um, and it's incredible the passion um, that people have for this place um, and so that's really inspiring as well. How do you think we instill those same feelings of hopefulness and being able to imagine um, the impact of our actions? How do we instill that in our kids? Oh, great question. I think um, I think it's exposing them to, to what can be done, you know, not, not shying away from um, necessarily what the problems are but that you know there are there, there are solutions and and if they're not available right now they might be they might be in the future so um you know just having um in, for example in the environmental space instilling a instilling a love of nature just by pointing out the puakawaka when you walk to school and um you know my mum was a great lover of trees and birds and things and I rolled my eyes fairly consistently as a child but <laughs> it appears to have rubbed off um so just yeah I think that um you know having those conversations about what we have um and what's what's worth protecting do you see much climate anxiety uh, in your part of our country? We have a lot here because we're really coastal and, you know, we have earthquakes and erosion and massive storms all the time. Um, is, is that a thing? How does that manifest in the South Island uh, inland? Mm, good question. Well, I learned um, not that long ago that apparently, um, given our location, we're, we, we are a sentinel for climate change so um up here in the mountains um we can we can observe um climate change um and, and the effects potentially um earlier or more obviously than other places uh and i think there is a level of a level of anxiety here um a, a consciousness that we need to we need to be doing something um probably a lot of things uh, so yeah, it's definitely you know the snow the snow is a big concern to people for their for their skiing, but um, it's also a really visible a visible thing that people can can 
um, sort of attribute to to climate change. And do you think those conversations are happening? Yes, I do. I think um, in the rural sector, the um, Heiwaka Ekanoa, which is the primary industry partnership for um, greenhouse gas emissions, is is you know making making progress. So um, landowners are definitely are definitely talking about it. Um, understanding what their um, their greenhouse gas emissions number is and then starting to plan um, around that and then here in um, in the the urban sector we have uh, wow which is another community organization wao who's very um whose whose main um, focus is the climate and so they run a, a summit each year to bring in speakers to um, to talk about, you know, what the risks are, what solutions are, um, and businesses, um, tourism, they're all starting to understand what their impact um, in terms of um, greenhouse gas emissions and, and climate changes and, and how we can um, look to reduce that. So it's very, it is very front of mind in the Wanaka community. Do you think we can take any lessons from the pandemic and the pandemic response for those bigger sorts of questions of things like climate change, social justice? Oh, big question. Um, yes, I do. I think I think everyone, um, well, everyone might be a broad sweeping statement, mightn't it? But a lot of people found found real joy in their their home environments um, being locked down and and you know in the simple pleasures. Um, and, you know, as lockdown lifted and we were able to travel around the country, um, exploring New Zealand um, became the only option, but also was seen as a really great option. Um, so, you know, in terms of international travel and, and flying, I think that um, probably people think about that a lot more um, now. Um, yeah, so I think the there are some lessons to be learned from the last couple of couple of years. I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we're going to have to wriggle. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Ooh, um, great question. You told me I have to wriggle and it's and it's now it's just <laughs> delayed my thought process. <laughs> it's put a lot of pressure. <laughs> Biggest success, I think. Um, I think continuing uh, for for Y Wanaka, um, the successful implementation of our of our jobs for nature program, um, employing um, we employed part time people so that the local um, sort of family run tourism businesses could keep people part time um, when they couldn't necessarily um, guarantee full time work with the loss of loss of tourists um, and that's worked really well for us with the caliber of people um, that 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 come in um, a few days a week to, to work out in the field is just incredible so for for why Wanaka just um, I think yeah having those people involved in in our work we're really really lucky we're writing a book of these conversations it's called tomorrow's heroes it's our team of people doing good work so you are in that team. What's your superpower? Ooh, um, tough question. 
about you. How hard can it be? Oh, look, there's, um, oh, I guess the, the ability to smile through adversity, is that a, is that a superpower? <laughs> yep. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, no, and I'm going to steal this term, um, but I consider myself more of an actionist. Actionist. What does that mean? Um, it means that, um, you know, um, let's just let's just get on and do it um, and and work towards work towards the solutions. Um, and I, I better credit that I stole that from New Zealand Merino. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd come up with it myself, but I didn't. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, it really is it really is the people um the work we're doing the work we're doing is great but it wouldn't be possible without the people um and and there's always there's always more to learn um and then and then apply that learning as well and what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or two oh well a, a challenge here at why is we're looking at how we can how we can take what we've learned um, and and codify that so that other communities um, can use that as well. Recognising that that what we do absolutely um, isn't perfect, and we can still learn from other communities. But how do we how do we codify what we have learned um, so that it can be translated elsewhere? And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, I well, I now that now that you've told me that your theme is um, positive but not delusional, I just I think I'm just can I adopt that? Is <laughs> <laughs> my advice? I think it's really great. It's it's um, yeah, I think it's wonderful. The caveat to it is you need to be a little bit deluded. You need to have a little <laughs> yeah. bit of that slightly. Lateral but you don't know vision. you're deluded, right? And that's where it's wonderful because you can be a little bit deluded um, and not realise it. Um, it's only when you're a lot deluded that people will let you let you know. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mawira. Um, there, there needs to be more people like you who are tackling climate change head on. Uh, we just have no idea the world of pain we're in for if people don't actually start taking action. And I really admire what you're doing. And I love how you are so focused on getting your whole community uh, involved um, to be part of change. And so I just want to say thank you on behalf of everybody uh, for this beautiful thing that you're doing. And please don't stop. Oh, thank you. That's kind. And thank you for having me on. It was lovely to meet you both. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us.
Mountain Mystic Water Mystic Sun You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Zeke Mystic. Z Mystic. I'm Samuel Mann and Sawyer's Bay Dunedin with Moira Karatai in Fakatani and from Why Wanaka in Wanaka we've been joined by Prue Kane. Why Wanaka is spelt W-A-I Wanaka. You can find them on Facebook and you can find their crowdfunding campaign Fostering Behaviours of Belonging on Give a Little or from their Facebook page. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.